podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This show is brought to you in association with Labbrooks for all your betting needs. With a new site design and great prices, it's our preferred bookie. New members can get a free match bet up to £50 when you sign up and use the code LAD50. Check on site for details at labbrooks.com. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast that's glad to be back after a weird summer where not that much went wrong. This year on Heart and Hand, Scott, what are we going to complain about? Four years, mate. Four years. So welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar. I'm your host, as I'm sure you'll know, because uh, lots and lots of you have been getting in touch with us to ask, where was the big summer pod? And the answer was, we didn't do one. Hooray! Hey, uh, as you can hear, joining me from his uh, remote location, somewhere in the, the bowels of, of central Scotland, it's Mr Scott Vandermacker. I would have to kill you if you knew where I was. Brackets, I'm in my house. Yeah, he's in his house. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we were going to do a big summer pod, and then we kind of never got everybody together to do it. Um, and there wasn't really that sense of urgency to do it, and that usually, over the last few years, we've, we've sort of had our pitchforks to hand at any given point for when things were going badly wrong. And if you take it from the debacle that was the last day of the season, uh, which was then tinged with the relief that every one of those shite hawks just about was, was going to be on their bike. Uh, things have gone pretty well. I think the problem that a lot of the listeners don't understand, okay, is that for the last four years especially, we've had a, a formulaic approach, David. I hate it. It's worked. But it's been formulaic, hasn't it? Yeah. Shit football, shit board, moan, rant, moan, stories with genitals and people from South America out. Yeah. Right. This summer... It's been a bit different. I, I kind of think it must be like... Right, do you remember when the Beatles went away to think everything up and they came back with Sgt Pepper because they realised they couldn't just keep going in the direction they were going? Yes. Right. I think it's a bit like that, except I have a feeling that rather than coming back with Sgt Pepper, what we're going to do is maybe come back with a sort of Dave D, Dozy, Beaky, Mink and Titch album. I think, I think so. I think... Beatles transformed what modern music was yeah. and the culture of the times we were going to go back with something very like what we had before yeah. but just a little tiny bit different I, I wouldn't even go so far as to say a little tiny bit different pretty much the same pretty, pretty much the same but the names changed and maybe slightly happier um, well, well, let's start off with something that made us both happy uh, Scott Mark Warburton uh, not only have we signed a manager uh, that, that both of us A wanted and B believe in but someone who has a slightly funny name. He does, um, and thankfully, bread-related puns abound. There's lots of them. Go on then. Well, let me see. Um, he'll have to earn his... Crust. Crust, yeah. Um, hope we play the players enough dough to come and play for us. Um, the board used their loaf. They did. Um, let's have some French toast for breakfast with perhaps on oh, no, women that doesn't work uh, he hates Celtic because they're completely not a cock socket no no that's not either oh, um, shit. get an idea right know. people people can get the idea but yeah Mark Warburton Scott explain to the listeners after four years of railing 
And longer, in fact. I've known you for years, and you've, you've railed against every Rangers manager since I've known you. <laughs> Basically, yeah, since, since 2001, um, you liked Paul Gwen for about 20 minutes. And that's been it. That's been it, yeah. And yet, and yet, I have a strange man love from Mark Warburton. Would you explain to the listeners why, Scott? Because about a year or two ago, I started reading some interviews with Mr Warburton. I think it started by The Guardian. Whoever check out us, <laughs> um, the, the Guardian. Um, I was on my way to get my uh, brioche. Yes, to, from the to, shop. to get your brioche and your cup of yak's milk. Yeah, I was on my unicycle, and I, and I picked up my my uh, Guardian, and I saw a thing, and it said he was a city trader turned yeah. manager. I think this was just after, and the Brentford fans, if you remember, David, were absolutely aghast and horrified that they lost Uvi Rosler. That's right. Yeah, and this guy came in. Didn't win about football, apparently. You know, never been a manager before. Um, spent about 30 years working in the city of London. And it, it was fascinating to read about his stuff. Then I followed him a bit and realised that Brentford were getting going up, promoted. And then when they got to the Championship, were winning almost all their games as well. Yeah, did really well in a very, very tough league. So I followed him and uh, read a lot of stuff that he was saying. And read stuff about how he compared it to what he'd done before in the city of London. And things about players and ex-players. The way he dedication to work to learning, to always wanting to better himself and the players around him. And I think I put a link on Mark's website ages ago saying this guy's what we need, but obviously he's not going to go anywhere because he might get promoted to the Premiership. And lo and behold, he was became a free agent. He then became one of the bookies top five favourites. Then he went to number three, then number two. And at this stage, basically, I was spent. I was masturbating with eight tons a day, <laughs> the prospect. And I just can't believe we've got him. And the fact that he's brought Sir Davy away with him. Yeah. I mean, I've run at Kleenex. Long well, the first of all, actually, before we go into the football side of things, um, today when we're recording this, which is the Friday, uh, is National Orgasm Day. Is it? Yes, it is. The thirty first of July is National Orgasm Day. Are now, <laughs> I'm a bit disappointed that they rejected my suggestion of calling it Jismus, <laughs> which I think would have worked. Um, but yeah, today is National Orgasm Day, and if anything was likely. To, to make me erupt in a sort of, you know, liquid silk-based happiness moment, it would have been the fact that, that we'd got Mark Warburton, for just the, the reasons you say. But to, to kick off, the first one is, is he's modern. I think he's the first truly 21st century coach we've had. Secondly, he's probably the first coaching manager we've had, because that's what he's passionate about. If you look at his career, uh, he was involved in, in youth coaching, he, he set up the Next Gen series which morphed into this sort of uh, the Europa Youth League, which is a sort of youth uh, champions league for the for, for teams all over Europe that became very successful. It's what he's passionate about, it's what he's done. Also the fact is that the guy hasn't had bad habits to, to unlearn, you know. It's hard not to compare him to Ali, uh, so I'm going to Ali had grown up in a successful dressing room in the 80s and the 90s and never, ever moved off that at all. In fact, clung to it with the desperation of a drowning man clinging to a bat of wood. It was what he knew, it was what worked, and damn it, he was going to go to his grave as a manager based on it. And that's exactly what, what ended up happening. Whereas Warburton's come in and went, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a guy who's learned this. You know, this is not something I've picked up instinctively. I'm a guy who's learned to do this. Therefore, I'm open to all new methods of coaching. And you can see that. Now, are we getting a bit too excited about this guy? I honestly don't think so, because given the fact that we are still in the championship, 
Uh, and let's put to bed, by the way, this. Oh, it's actually a blessing in disguise. Rangers failed to get out of the championship. Right? Rangers. I don't care the circumstances. That's a beamer. And let's never, let's not try this pish. Right? Let's not be the Tartan Army. Let's not go, well, you know, it was failure, but no, it was failure. End of. Right? It's a black mark in a history. In time, we'll get over it. But at the moment, let's always look back on that as a big, black, embarrassing mark and use it as something to move away from, as a benchmark of our lowest step. But um, Warburton's come in, and to get him at this level, I think, is a coup. And I think that, for once, in the way that Craig White and you know the, the big tax case and the media storm, it, it was a perfect storm for what to happen to has happened. I think Mark Warburton coaching with Davy Weir you know, Davey, we are seeing the opportunity, the new board coming in. Did you just scratch a record there? Because it went a bit Jam Master J. No, you're not believing what I did, so I won't tell you. If you weren't scratching a record, it did sound like you were trying to partake in National Orgasm Day while I was talking. Do you know know how... I know you like Mark Orban, Scott, but see if I'm sitting here talking to you and you're masturbating while (laughs) I can't see you. You promised me after the last time you were going to stop this. Well, two things can I say to listeners. Number one, David, on, on Skype now, there's a big picture of his noggin that I have to look at while I'm doing this. And a man, I'm only human. That's what I'm saying. That's actually a really good save. You can say what you like now. Because if there's one thing guaranteed to, to knock down my ire about you making off-microphone off noises during this, it's you saying, you're so handsome, I had to, I had to have a tug. I had to quickly wank <laughs> And secondly, tell the listeners just how IT unfriendly I am. Yes. You know, you know what I was doing? What? I like to I like my finger and try to rub off the microphone <laughs> on, on, on the laptop. right. So I think I can put it in context. I'm, I'm utterly convinced. I'm convinced that you've just dug a hole, right, and then worshipped worshipped some god, mystical god, to get the powers of the internet to arrive in front of you. I don't know. What, I've no idea what I'm doing. I absolutely no idea what you do. Right, we're very excited about Mark Warburton. We're very excited about this season. So uh, there's no point, me and Scott. I mean, we, we, if you're new to this podcast, me and Scott were occasionally incisive, but a lot of time we talk about you know wanking and <laughs> this. So what we're going to do is go to our resident football expert, Craig G. Telfer of uh, the lonely website tellemispelly.com and listen to what Craig had to say. I'm joined by pod favourite, Telemies Pelly's Craig G. Telfer. Hello David, thank you for inviting me back in. It's always a pleasure, I mean you're, you're always our, our most requested guest. Really? Yeah, if it, generally the only requested one. Well, uh, the, the rest def- are, if I'm the most requested by default. Yeah, no, but uh, it's generally the that. only one which, uh, which you know, t- take it as a compliment, it's meant thank to you. be. Now Craig, you obviously are the, the, the guy who knows more about, shall we say, the other seven, as, as they will unfairly be become to be known. Um... Rangers, Hibs, St Mirren start as favourites. I think probably deservedly so. But uh, if there's one thing Rangers have learned uh, in, in the last three years is not to underrate the other sides in this division, especially in our division we've got a side who, who reached the Scottish Cup final last season. Who do you think we should be looking out for this year? Um, well, to be honest, I, I think the way Rangers have started, I'm very impressed with them against Hibernian. I think they've got a proper manager in 
who is signing proper players yeah. who, are, who are well motivated. This is a novelty <laughs> after the after the last two years. So so I think I expect Rangers to win the division. Maybe not as comfortably as Hearts won it last year, but I think by a good 10, 12 points, I'd imagine Rangers would win the division. So in terms of other teams to watch out for, I wouldn't necessarily say there's anyone who will give them who really give them a run for, for the money. I know not even Hibs. Not even Hibs, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I watched them. Hibs just seemed to, there's just something ingrained within that club. And it doesn't matter, if, I think I said it before on the podcast earlier, it doesn't matter who the, the manager is or who the players are, it doesn't matter yeah. what era in history it is, it just they seem to have a massive propensity for capitulation yeah. whenever it is. And I think it's just an ingrained culture thing. So, I no, right. I, I don't see Hibs, and, and plus, I imagine this has been discussed elsewhere as well, that the fact that their best player doesn't really want to be there, so that creates an interesting schism there within the, within the fabric of the club. In terms of other teams to watch out for, even you talk about St Mirren there, St Mirren aren't finished, uh, they're not really the finished Yeah, real transition with Ian Murray, but he is, you've certainly looked like a good coach. In the, the he did, he did. When, when he was at Dumbarton, he was excellent. Uh, I think that the fact that the season the season previously, I think 2013-14, they were two weeks away from finishing the season in the playoffs. For a part-time team, that's an absolutely fantastic achievement. I think the end of him got a bit stale at, at, at Dumbarton. So I think it's, it's good for him and it's good for St Mirren. I think it suits both parties well. St Mirren must be wondering what it would have been like if they'd employed him 12 months ago yeah, in, instead, of going for, instead of going for Tommy Craig. But um, St Mirren have, have got some, some signed some interesting players. They've signed uh, Scott Agnew from Dumbarton. He was probably considered the best part-time footballer in Scotland. Right. Played at Stranraer, Air United... Um, and he's been at Dumbarton the last few years, but wonderful sort of kind of a sort of not necessarily a left-sided midfielder, a left-sided midfielder, yeah, but not a winger. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, an actual, yeah, in the old um, football manager terms, an, an ML. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's a good scores goals, a very creative player. You know, fit, works hard. So it'll be interesting to see how he manages transition from part-time football. Into, into full-time yeah. football but he's worked with Murray before and he's worked very successfully with him so I'd imagine there's a good relationship and something to build on they've also taken a boy on loan from Celtic a guy called Paul McMullen and I was very fortunate to see him at the tail end of last season playing for Stennis Muir mm. and I can comfortably say he's the most exciting player I've ever seen at the Warriors in terms of, he's, a, he's a wee guy and I think probably the thing that will hold him back from making it is Celtics is, is lack of stature okay. which is a shame it's a shame because with the ball at his feet direct run at people all day fit so fit closed down worked so hard for the team he came to Stennis Muir no attitude at all just wanted to play football yeah. wanted to have the ball and I think that him saying for St Mirren is a brilliant move for him and a good move for St Mirren because it was very obvious after a couple of games he was far too good for, for League One so step up to the Championship was a good move for him um, beyond that um, well, there's Queen of the South and Falkirk two teams that are sort of in transition Queen of the South is inevitably what happens if you've got you a good squad of young players. players. Like Gavin yeah. Ellie's yeah. Gavin gone to Hearts. Kevin Holt, who was probably one of their best players, he's gone to Dundee. How, they, how they've replaced these players, I'm not entirely sure. They've seen guys from Livingston, seen Callum Tapping from um, from Brecon City. He was injury-disrupted uh, season last year. Still, the, the, the core of older pros there, they've still got um, like Chris Higgins, Andy Dowie, um, Ian Russell's still there, Mark Miller playing in the middle of the park, so there's good players. How if they're able I don't think they'll be able to repeat last season's finish. I think between them and Falkirk, I know Falkirk are probably a bigger club, but in terms of the squad quality last season, 
there wasn't much between them. No, definitely. I think um, Falkirk maybe got distracted, understandably, mm-hmm. by the Scottish Cup final. Well, I'll say, though, for Falkirk, though, uh, still a wee bit of time to go in the transfer window, but they still kept the hold of Blair Alston and Craig Sibbald. I mean, for Craig Sibbald, I think he's still 19, he's played more than 100 first-team games. Yeah, he looks a bad thing I've seen yeah, him. I he looks a player. You know, I think if, it, if, it's, if, it's, not, if it's not in the summer, um, and it's not this season, it'll definitely be next season by the time he moves on. I think as well with the Rangers, one of the interesting things now that's changed is they've got a manager, I think, who identifies good players in this division won't think the idea of signing them is sacrilege. You know, I, I think there is a case that if, if Warburton sees guys who are 19-20 playing against him thinks, I can work with that, I can mm-hmm. develop that guy and he's available for you know, 200,000, 250,000. I, I think Rangers will be in the I, market I, come January. To be honest, I think though if Falkirk were to sell, particularly Craig Sill, I think they may be looking for a seven-figure sum there um, because he's, he's been there a long time and he's a, he's a pretty good yeah. player. So yeah. all things considered, I think, I'm not sure how they got much money they got from Huddersfield for Murray Wallace. Uh, but I think it was a, a similar sort yeah, of fee. Um, but I th- I, you know, obviously, there's a lot more money in, in, in England, just yeah, in general. But I, I agree with your point that, that like I say, you've got a, a proper manager. And, <laughs> um, go, going beyond that, um, I think, again, it's a, a lot of teams are in transition. Rafe Rovers have just taken on Ray McKinnon mm-hmm. as a manager. He was previously at Brecon. McKinnon was okay-ish. At Brecon, I think when he first joined the club, he took them on a fantastic run. I'm pretty sure they went 17 games unbeaten. Oh, that's right. Really propelled. I remember them up. that we were involved at the Aye. tail end of that. Yeah. He really propelled them up the up the table. Um, but the second season, they finished. They, they never really looked like finishing in the playoffs. They finished in the playoffs last season. Alloa beat them fairly fairly comfortably there. So. He's done okay. Mm-hmm. He's done okay. I think the the guys he signed, he signed some interesting players. He's taken two guys from Allah, took Ryan McCord, who of course scored against Rangers. Everybody the, scored against Rangers. <laughs> <the time. laughs> it's, it's no longer a badge of honour for these guys. <laughs> <laughs> he scored against. So did I. So did my mum. I've taken him and Kyle Benedictus from from Aloha. Uh, so uh, yeah, again, moving from the part time into the full time. <laughs> Sorry, I just I'm just thinking the amount of our listeners who heard the name Kyle Benedictus and just thought, well, that's that's. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he play for? He'll be uh, he'll be in for some banter. Aye, um, but Wraith Rovers, I think, interesting to see how, how how they'll get on in terms of the finish. I think it'll be mid table for them. Livingston, have we talked touching Livingston. Livingston seem to shamble from one crisis to the next. I don't know if you've recently seen their they've, uh, they've their sponsor has cancelled their yeah. agreement with them over the treatment of their their, their outgoing chairman. But then that, that's the thing. Livingston, every time we played them, played really well. And I mean, a lot of yeah, yeah, a lot of the time Rangers were very poor. And that's true. But against Livingston, they did play well. It wasn't a case of us. Well, obviously the Rangers were underperforming, but you could see Livingston. They, they got the ball down. They worked it well. They covered them. I mean, I saw Darren Cole played superbly in midfield yeah. twice. So it's, it wasn't it's, was it's, luck. It's remarkable that the party boy is uh, back in really seems to football. But I mean, it was a difficult, difficult yeah. couple of years for him. But I think he's he's got his mojo back. And a team like Livingston, I think he's local to the area, and he's a, a decent move for him. And, and Mark Burchill's Mark Burchill proved himself to be a good manager. The fact the team were down and out, he had a points deduction last season, right, yeah. down and out. They pulled it back around the final day of the season and thrown the challenge cup into the mix. Which is not easy to win. Which is not easy to win. Um, <laughs> As we could tell you. Perhaps the most interesting side though of all the, the, the other seven teams yeah. is probably Dumbarton um, who in terms of part-time teams I've been kind of following lower league football for the last 12 years now. I don't think I can remember as good a part-time team on paper at least as, as the current Dumbarton squad. They really look at a good shout and they might be an outside shout for 
fourth place. Okay. We've taken, uh, we signed uh, Stephen Aitken mm-hmm. from from Sunrara as our manager, who probably next year Murray was the, the best part time coach in the country. He performed did fabulously well with with uh, with Sunrar. He took he took our two best players. He took Grant Gallagher and uh, Willie Gibson. Grant Gallagher, fantastic player in the middle of the park, just really unfussy. Fit break stuff up. He's taken Gregor Buchanan from Dunfermline, who very highly rated, but his form sort of regressed to the mean last season. They've got him. They've signed Darren Barr. They've also oh, yeah. signed um, Mark Brown, the goalkeeper, as well, who's gone part time. Good age. Yeah, well, yeah, he's only in his uh, early thirties. Wow. You know, um, seems to have been about forever. But they've got the real, real basis for a for a really, really good, uh, solid team next season. So I'd uh, I'd fancy them to do well. And I suppose that just leaves us with uh, with Aloha, who, God willing, um, well, it's not God willing, God love them. Um, <laughs> I, I like Aloha. I like Danny Lennon as well. I think he's a he's a good manager. But I think I think this this might be the the end of their stay. Well, we have a mutual acquaintance who's a St Mirren fan, and he informed us that Danny Lennon refers to Danny Lennon in the third person. <laughs> and I, I have a sneaking bit of admiration for people who who do that and do it, you know, without irony. I think you have to you have to admire that. So, so what the best? He's, he's taken um, the, the boys that he signed. He took Doody Hill from Wraith Rovers, who's probably I think he was part working part time. He's a heating engineer. I think he was just part time at Wraith Rovers. I think he's a really really good defender. Really solid guy. He's taken on the captaincy role. Burton O'Brien joined from oh, Livingston. Yeah. He's gone part time. He's thirty four now. So it'll be interesting to see how how he copes from the move into into part time football. And of course, formerly of the Rangers Parish, Kyle McCausland. Mm-hmm. Uh, still well thought of. Kyle yeah. McCausland still was was one of the ones that a lot of people felt was given a chance, took it, and then was unceremoniously dumped and never allowed. And it was almost like he was removed from the picture so that we wouldn't be saying, you know, why is Foster <laughs> playing? We've got this kid there, so yeah. he was kind of farmed out and loaned. Please play central midfield. He was playing in the middle for Dunfermline a couple of yeah, times well. last season. scored a, I think it was a 40-yarder against Dennis Muir. Very nice. Um, but if you're to ask me, it's horrible, horrible, because we, we lost that game 3-2. We were 2-0 up and I lost, and they scored, they scored in uh, injury right. time. But I think... I think Rangers will win the division. I think uh, Hibernian will finish second. Interesting to see what what goes on beneath that. Mm. You know, I, I wouldn't just take because St Mirren are have just been relegated that they'll necessarily do well. I think there's okay. still 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 a lot of work to be done there. Maybe a year away from them to could be to could could be. Who's going down? Last one for our Okay, Craig, get your plugs in. Uh, please, if you enjoy lower league Scottish football, please go and visit tellhimspelly.com. Loads of good fun writing there and um, and loads of podcasts as well. Look out next week when we'll be doing our preview of the lower leagues and I'm sure uh, Rangers will we'll probably just give them a mention in there somewhere. Thank you. Uh, just to back up Craig's point, uh, they've recently started uh, the Tell Me Spelly podcast and I can recommend all of them, um, in particular with John Gemmell. There's a lot of Rangers related stuff in that one. It's an excellent lesson. So for those of you moaning over the summer that you have not had enough content from us, just take this as a bonanza and go and listen <laughs> to the stuff on Craig's like, Thanks very much Craig, we'll get you on through the season as right. usual. Thank you very much. Cheers. He knocks us into a cop tar, that boy, doesn't he? Yeah, but he must have to do things like find out stuff. Yeah, he researches and he actually watches football, but what, a lot of good points there. I mean, Craig is, is a neutral about this sort of thing. He doesn't uh, he doesn't come in with any axe to grind, which is a rarity in Scottish football, which is why I like having him on. And I, I think what's clear is, I mean, he, he said this this time last year, that he, you couldn't really quantify how poor Ali was as a manager and that that might affect us. And... Uh, 
he was spot on and I think here you can hear what somebody who does know the game thinks about Warburton and thinks about what he's going to bring to us I mean I think last summer our main fear on this pod and people can go back and download them and they should was that Ali hadn't faced that many full time teams Mm -hmm. or that many teams of players who'd been in the SPL you know you guys full backs midfielders who'd been around for years and when he came up against people who don't roll over after 70 minutes, and that's exactly what happened, that's not going to happen to Warburton or his team. Um, what's your views, David? I'm going to put you on the spot, if you like, my old friend. Okay. Everyone's talking about Hibs and completely writing off St Mirren. Do you think that's fair? They have over the age of their team. They've got rid of a lot of seasoned pros. Apparently, their fans aren't expecting too much. But the other team that came down, can we just say no threat? Or what would you yeah. think there? Yeah, I mean, it's tough, look, right... The game on Saturday we'll talk about in a second, but it has kind of it, it, it's put expectation through the roof, and so it should. There's no way we would have gone to Easter Road and spanked had six two under under Ali. We, we all remember, okay, it was uh, under Kenny McDowell the four 0 but you remember the the doing had gave us the three one at Ibrox. I mean, it just wouldn't have happened. I I agree with Craig. I think that maybe St Mirren are. In a bit of a transitional year, and the fans are looking at having, like us, made a good appointment. They're happy with and Ian Murray, and they're maybe going. Mm, it, it's not a usual thing in terms of bouncing back. Let's have a go for the playoffs and and see where we go. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure in Hibs. I think they have really their fans are. If you, if you look at the message boards, kind of slightly deluded. Uh, if, if you look at the comments, I mean, we, it might not be the case. I, I, I don't speak to a lot of Hibs fans because I don't quite understand. No. You know, hey, like hey, Jojo, hey, Kenny, hey, like hey, Scott Allen and that, hey. And I'm like, y- y- please, please just step away from me. I've given you my wallet, right? I mean, just yeah. just, just go into the... And I, don't, I don't want your wallet, hey, man. I don't, I don't have a fat boy, hey. I'm sorry, sir. Maybe I think it's about half past two. I really don't know what you're doing. And, and please... I, I've got a rule where I don't speak to people with single figure teeth. It's correct. You know, so so I don't really know what the Hibs fans are thinking, but you get the impression from the garbled communications that they, they put out there. Apart from hey, Seth Coe, hey, Scott Allen, hey, he's badly advised. Uh, hi, that that's what it is. Yeah, he doesn't just want to leave you because you're a kind of you know you're the second club in Edinburgh for Christ's sake. I know. That's not a thing. Only because Meadowbank Thistle moved out. Exactly, you know, Anti Thistle uh, are no longer there, otherwise you'd be third. So, um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, we should do it, shouldn't we? I mean, we've got sure. decent players. Let's talk then about the, the well, we'll talk about the 6-2 the because we're both kind of sitting here with a semi on about it and we need to get it, you know, yeah. we need to nationally our orgasm or national orgasm date about it. First half hour is rubbish, let's, let's not no. beat around the bush, so to First- speak. No, the first half hour was um, it was interesting. I suppose you could say it was the first time. That, I mean, it was a pre-season. We'd hardly had any games. And I guess it's tough to, to play your first, especially against a team who, let's face it, hate us. And mm-hmm. they did come out of the traps. But they really did. I did wonder if we managed to not go kind of two down in that spell, if they would blow themselves out slightly because it was really piss poor game management from... You know, from Stubbs and from, from the players, because it was like schoolboy football that they just all went out. And it was great, it was impressive to watch, but as soon as that first goal went in from us, and what a strike, but you, you could actually see them just all of a sudden they didn't have snap in their tackles, they didn't, and I was like, they've played themselves out here, and Rangers rather brutally uh, took advantage in a way that we just couldn't have done last season. The fitness level already is remarkably yes. higher. The, the 
way everyone looked to get the ball forward. The money they had, I was really impressed by Holt. He kept everything moving, linked up. Looks a really clever player. I mean, not the yeah. quickest, I think, you know, that, that, again, that that's usually the reason that skillful players generally, you know, they might not make the top level, and I think in Holt's case it might be the same. He just doesn't have that wee bit of pace to maybe go on and succeed in the likes of England, but he's got a football brain. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the thing. If you move down south, especially for the Championship, you're going to have to be a big, strong, fast lad too. And it's no disgrace not to necessarily make it. And um, it doesn't mean to say that he can't play football, and it doesn't mean to say that he won't be a... I just like the way he kept the ball moving, and he always puts his head up to look forward. And under Ali... We talked about this before. It wasn't just the last resort. Far too often, it was the first resort which yeah. lumped it. That didn't happen. On Sunday, people tried to keep the ball moving. Holt, Halliday. They were always looking their head up, always trying to find somebody who's moving in space. There was people moving in space, which is not... Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, the whole thing. And as you see, at half-time, we're ahead. You started to think the heads looked spent. And then the best bit of um, management I've seen for a long time from Rangers manager was... The second half, it wasn't sit on this, it's tight, KG, it was just destroy them. Yeah. Come out the second half, you're in the ascendancy, hips are tired, they don't know what's hit them, they're spent, flatten them. And that was exactly what we've been crying out for for years. I'm not saying treat teams with disdain, I'm not saying have a lack of respect, but if you see someone who's there for the taking or on the ropes, just finish them. Well, I think that the attitude there can be summed up by a couple of quotes that we had. I mean, Again, I, I don't necessarily want to, to pick on Ali, except I, I do and I'm going to. But all the, the you know what the, he'd have been like before the game. Oh, Alan, I love them. That's a tough place, you know. Don't want to be disrespectful to Hibs. You know, Alan, I love them fired up. We know that. And, you know, they've got some good lads in that team. They've got uh, him with the hair. And the other one, the other one and, and, and Cummings and Alan and, and the goalie He would have said all that. Whereas Warburton, very politely, I thought, very carefully said, uh, you know, no disrespect to Hibs, but the way some people are going on, you would have thought we'd drawn Real Madrid. That's what he said. And he showed that. It was respectful. We had the team well prepared. That's that's being respectful, by the way. Yes. Saying that you expect to beat a team, but that you've prepared the team diligently, 100%, that's showing respect to the opposition. Yes. Right. Not showing what Ali did was actually showing disrespect to the opposition, where he just basically had the guys in for a game of fives, a game of pool, showed them his arse, and then sent them out. That was disrespectful because he thought he could beat these diddy teams doing that. What yes. he did then, it was just arse covering, ironically. You know, <laughs> with, the, with the with the whole kind of oh well, uh, actually, you know, they're a really good side. No, they're patently not a really good side. They're fucking Livingston, right? The bottom of the sodden championship. You know, they can't string two wins together. It's just, you're a pish manager. Your team are lazy. You, they're not trained. They're not prepared. You don't have a clue about tactics. You don't plan out anything. And just shut it. Exactly. I mean, the difference, even the timing of the substitutions, uh, the way the fullbacks were used, it was, it was night and day. There's no absolutely no... And also, what he said afterwards was like, technically, that's part of our pre-season. We're a bit behind because there's a lot of new guys. Peter Head game's the same. We'll have to try people out and say, oh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. And he just talks well. He understands how to, to plan towards the start of the season. He understood how to use his players and when to substitute them. He understood that when you take certain players off in a certain position, you have to have somebody broadly similar replacing them. Just things. things yeah. <laughs> just football. football things, yeah. uh, in terms of the new signings, then, I think that on paper, because we've not seen much of them, but on paper... Uh, a reasonably exciting bunch. Uh, 
you know, maybe not spent as much as certain people thought, but what we have spent, I think, 665 grand outlay, though obviously it'll be getting you know, paid up in installments, etc., looks a pretty decent return in terms of age group. I mean, the, the average age, or the average average age, if you like, of Rangers last season, if you take all the games together, was 29. And the, the average age of the team that started against Hibs was 24. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's apparent there what he believes in. If you look at the kind of signings that are all in that, that, that's a early mid-20s range. Um, we've mentioned Hull. Waghorn is, a, I think, a really potentially... Just up there, Wags. He's called Wags. Well, I'd like I'd like him to be called Waghorny. He can't, because sometimes you don't get a Y in your name. No, but then we can sing Waghorny, Horny, Horny, Horny. Well, that, that's true. Well, I'll write to him and I'll ask him. Okay. Right, okay, he'll probably tell you his name's Martin E. Waghorn, he, he's an English footballer, mate, he's got to say, of course it's why. He says, he'd probably say, in fact, if you want to give him a new nickname, just add an extra Y. Oh, Waghorny? Yeah, I think that'll, that'll be it, but that would mess up the song. Look, let, let's not run before we can walk, it's the first part <laughs> of the season, right, let, let's just, <laughs> and the poor boys, <laughs> couldn't make it, sir, let the coaches have to do it as, as well as we can without him. Right, Blackadder reference for any of you who don't know, and if you don't know, you should know. Um, so Martin Wyke and James Severney both look Tavs like, yeah Tavs really physically I mean all the new guys look bloody massive Kiernan the same Kiernan um, I like Danny Wilson and you don't now you don't like Danny Wilson because you're I'm wrong presumably well yeah but yeah. I, I think I mean he's not a super super I mean bloody hell to get to get Hearts captain to come to us I thought was a pretty good bit of business no, it was it's just that he went down south and didn't play any football he didn't come up when it was alright for Hearts, but then alarmingly, when we played them towards the end of the season, like a couple of times, he struggled a little bit against our team of last season. Yeah. And that did, and that did put a couple of doubts in my mind, but yes, it's a coup. When you, a guy who's promoted to the SPL and he comes back, drops back down again to join you, of course it's a coup, yeah. It does say something about ambition, yes, of course. You never liked him because he was a part of a Celtic fan as a kid, right? Yes, yeah, well, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Right, let's be honest. But. Since then, Scott, he has been at Rangers since he was nine, right? Signed, uh, played for Rangers, then went to, went down south. When he was down south, got off the loan, moved to Celtic, and said, and I quote, I looked this up, I was at Rangers since I was nine, that's not going to happen, let's face it, it just wouldn't work. Right? Uh-huh. Then he turns down Celtic, despite all their greeting, he turns down Celtic, because, I mean, Dyla was publicly tapping him at the end of last season. To sign for us, uh-huh. I think we can give the guy a pass now. No, because you go back to him, he's eight years old, he doesn't know he was in Celtic. But, the, God loves nothing more than a sinner who repents. Well, that's true. See when he retires, see when he retires at 35, and, and he's been, it's a testimonial, he's been with us for a decade, then I might say, you were alright at best. Right, okay. <laughs> See that, that that's what I like about you. You are quite you are quite hardcore in your views about that sort of thing. Anyone who's ever been touched by the the, the tunic, you're you're not into, are you? No, don't like them. If they're take related at any stage, sorry, nah. Oh, he's consistent, ladies and gentlemen. He's consistent. You can't argue that. But I, I do quite like Wilson, I think. I mean if you get past the initial suspicion of anyone called Danny, right? Tell you looks good. Right, I tell you right, here's one. Tav Right, Tavs, right? Yeah. He looks good. So Holte had a good game, right? Yeah. Halliday... Halliday looked fantastic. He looked great in the yeah. in the friendly against... But I mean, I'll, I'll admit, Andy Halliday 
is a guy who you know he's kind of well known Rangers fan footballer. He's never really had that, so I've kind of kept an eye on him down south. But um, I didn't really know an awful lot. But I actually thought he was a winger. So he arrives and he's playing that whole midfield role, and he, he looked really decent. But it was a friendly. But then I thought he was was superb against uh, against him breaking up play, getting involved, and again, you know, we have a tendency up here especially guys our age, to assume that lower divisions in England, or they can't be that good, lower divisions in England is better than yeah. pretty much, you know, 40 of the 42 teams in Scotland. Probably yes. better than 41 at the moment. So he looked like what he was, a pro player who had probably yeah. dropped a level. Um, and he also just looked delighted to be here. I think he scored a great goal. Oh, it was a peach. Yeah, so I'm quite confident. There's still, of course, there's still rumours flying around there's the guy, John Eustace, who's training with us to try and get his fitness back. Yeah. There's the guy, still at Brentford, who's just been released, who's gone out with a really good-looking one from Sky. Well, worth, worth get. I actually have a transfer rumour that I'm going to break. Oh, my goodness me, yeah. I think yeah. that Rangers are interested in... Drumroll. Would, would that you, or were you having a tug again? Because that did sound sort of like, you know... Right, okay. Uh, I think Rangers, and uh, keep your eyes for this in the paper, are going to make a move mm-hmm. for Hibernian's Scott Allen. I think that's like them. I know, I think so. And I think that Scott Allen wants to come. Well, that's the problem. Well, it had to be done, didn't it? Right, okay, Scott Allen, come on. Um, I, I, for one, think that this whole thing has been absolutely fucking hilarious. Yes. The, he's coming to Rangers, he's coming to Rangers, the isn't he? Tears, the yeah. tears from them. Even if we don't get him, firstly, you only bid for him to unsettle him before a game? Yep. Yep. Right, we did. Because the aim of this is to win football matches. It wasn't immoral, as BBC's Amor Al Lamont uh, put it. It was just part of the game, it was gamesmanship, it was something that happens all the time, and during the transfer window you can bid for anyone you want, and Hibs can say no. End of it. Alan Stubbs, who I think at the best of times sounds as though he's on the verge of hysterical tears, um, has walked about now for about ten days on the verge of hysterical tears, hilariously. Hibs fans... Just the utter... I think it was that they did think, you know, all of them did think we were dead. They believed idiots on the, you know, on the internet. They say, oh, you know, no money, they're going bust and, you know, a week on Tuesday, all that kind of crap. And it's now starting to dawn on them of, shit, <laughs> they are they are coming back. Oh, my God, all that, you know, all that stuff. It's, it's going to happen again. And it is, yeah, but Rangers are going to take your best player. If we don't take them now, we'll take them in January, we'll take them next year. That's what we do, right? And if you don't like it, don't be Hibs, right? Just be less shite, learn to speak English, and just give us peace. And just my tuppence worth on that. Number one, Alan Stubbs and Hibs fans, stop saying that you don't want to sell to direct rival. Yeah. We're not your direct rival. No, that's not matter. We don't know who you are. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and whenever they try to explain it, they just go, Hey, I'll have me an FCA. And you're sort of like, You've driven me in spit! Stop that! And finally, do you know what's going to happen, Hibs fans, who may be listening in? He might stay, Scott Allen might stay for a season, right? We're getting the automatic promotion spot and the player next summer. So us and Scott Allen will be in the SPL regardless of what you do or how much you dig your heels in, and you'll be in the playoffs for Queen of the South. 
Yeah. The other thing about it is, my friend, is that uh, they're all, you know, they're desperate. Oh, Celtic, you know, Celtic are going to come in for them. And by the way, Hibs have offered Scott Allen at Celtic, just so you all know that. That is a fact, a pure truth. I know he said you went to Parkhead yeah. last week. Um, so, that has been offered. I don't think Celtic will do it. By the way, they should, incidentally. If I was Celtic for 400 grand, I'd do it. You know, uh, I'd do it to try and get it up. As, um, but. Uh, obviously hasn't happened as of time of speaking here on National Orgasm Day but um, I think that the best case scenario for Hibs fans I want I want you all to listen to this Hibs fans the best case scenario the one that you are really hoping for is that you lose your best player just not to us that's the best that can happen for you here so the worst case scenario for us your so called direct rivals is that you lose your best player Maybe to us, maybe not to us, but still, you lose your best player. Right? Get used to it. This is how this works. Right? This is Scottish football and microphone. We are bigger than you. We are better than you. We can speak in coherent sentences. We are just everything. I mean, it's. I have to explain this. You shouldn't have should to. Be said, look, these are truths that we hold self evident. Yes. Um, all men are created equal. To enjoy life, liberty, and humping shit non entity teams like that. Exactly, you know. For was it not, Scott? Was it not John Quincy Adams himself who said that one nation under God, clearly not Leith, for Christ's sake? I think it was. It was him. Yes, it was. And it was in that book, The Big Book of American Presidents, saying stuff. Yes, it was. You know. <laughs> written, written by Smith, Jones, Ibid. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, a, a, fine, a fine book. Well, listen, Scott, we've uh, we've broke our season duck um, for the moment. We've ranted on. It's been a bit, uh, a little bit formless, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, over the season, we'll get back to all your favourite sections. Um, but when I, when I say favourite sections, I mean this and uh, Sport and Integrity Award. Which are really the only two sections. Well, um, you could say that, because it would, would be the case. But you will also have the letters section, Scott. Let's not forget the letters section. And we like the letters section, Scott. Tell them why. We love the letters section because it makes them feel a part of the show. It's a direct conduit to what they're thinking. It lets them um, get some of their feelings down on paper so they can actually formulate their feelings and become more involved as a fan. Yes. And we steal the best bits to use in the show. Yeah, and we kind of don't give you credit for that. And we read all the dross that we can take the piss out of and go, this guy says, this guy says, you know, I, I pure love Ali McCoy's. And then we rip you to shreds for the amusement of others. Or if somebody writes in and saying, really like the pod, my name's uh, Stephen Bellend. Yeah. And we just go, ah, I'll get your name. Bellin, yeah, that that is kind of what we do, to be honest. Um, if you are a new listener to this, then you haven't lost anything. I suppose this would be one and done. But uh, if you're one of these loonies that have stuck with us throughout the throughout, throughout the, the years, thank you very much for continuing to do so. You can, of course, get in touch with us uh, by emailing ibroxrocks at rocks at playbackmedia.co.uk you can go to the Facebook page uh, the, the ever popular and funny heart and hand just search for that on Facebook or you can follow us on Twitter you can follow me yes me the actual David Edgar your actual right and then you can boast to people that you've had contact with me if I deign to reply to your to your tweet uh, uh, ibroxrocks on Twitter you can follow Scott Vandenacker the actual Scott Vandenacker sidekick to your actual David Edgar right you can follow him on the Twitter tell him where Scott I might even favourite one of your comments if I can be bothered check you favourite yeah Scott Harthand that's a nice simple one actually simple one actually that's it was it me that set that up for you because it works 
I think yes. it was, and they get worse. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what the Twitter was. No, you were like, yeah, it's like, I need to have a special machine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I recall, I recall. Yeah, so we got that set up for you. Um, please do get in touch with us. Now, uh, because we were called on Mark's website sporadic, I think we've missed five in five years. Yes. Yeah. Sporadic. But, people who don't pay for it. People who don't pay for it think we're sporadic. I actually do do one every week during the season, except on the rare occasion that A, there's an international week, or B, illness uh, gets in the road of it. But uh, you can listen to us every week from now to the end of the season. Uh, hopefully we'll be positive, but a word of warning, the last time we were this positive was just after Stuart McCall arrived and we beat... Uh, I think we beat Hibs and we all turned to shit instantly the, the moment we were so if we got if we get absolutely humped by Peter Head by the time you listen to this uh, j- just take it as a snapshot then of National Orgasm Day yeah I mean we were basically coming at the time yeah exactly treat, treat this as a, as a snapshot of that all that remains for me to do then is to thank our executive producer in London Mr Mike Lee and Paul Miles and to thank my guest today Mr Scott Vandenacker Thanks, folks, and I'm going to leave you with a warning for Man City players. Is that OK? Yeah. From Noost, and let's hope the new Stuttgart manager, Alexander Zorniger, never becomes their boss. Why so? This is for all those little urban type of players, especially Man City, maybe Spurs, OK? Mm-hmm. The players are allowed to wear headphones in the team bus, but not in public. There's a visual reason for this. A small player, say five foot five or six, simply looks ridiculous with the big headphones as large as his entire head. That is so true. Little- this will not be allowed as it embarrasses everyone. <laughs> I like it. See when Warbs does get taken to go and manage Barcelona. Yes. Remember him. Have him in a file marked him, right? Yes. Blog yes. David like. So, when you watch a match of the 18 interviews, you can think of Alexander Zorniger and how he'd hate it. He would hate it. You can also, by the way, if you are on Periscope, you can follow. I'll be doing something on Periscope after every game this season. It's basically just me talking into the camera, pretty much like this, but without Scott to, to counterbalance me and uh, make me a bit quiet. My name is David Edgar. I've been your host, and I will talk to you again this time next week. Cheers. Bye. This show is brought to you in association with Labbrooks for all your betting needs. With a new site design and great prices, it's our preferred bookie. New members can get a free match bet up to £50 when you sign up and use the code LAD50. Check on site for details at labbrooks.com. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.